Can I just remind us? Very simple things that fall through the cracks. We are not here for one another. We are here for the king. It is the king who works in us to make us love one another. And therefore, without Jesus, we are strangers. Remember that. I don't know you. You don't know me. And I'm surprised that I love you so much. And you love me so much. And hopefully you love the person sitting next to you so much. Yet you never, you don't have any background with these people. You never played with them anyway. You never played soccer. You never, you never played mantra with them. But because you love Jesus, you recognize him in this person. Let us never decentralize Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Amen. So let's never take him out of the picture. In his name. Praise the Lord. So this morning I want to share a simple thought with us. It's a thought that, I mean, like I say, it's not necessarily, thus saith the Lord. It's just a thought. Something that you, you want to go and think, what, are, what was that guy talking about? It didn't make sense to me. And if the thought does not make sense to you, it's okay. Amen. So, there will be something that will make sense to you. At least, I will read the scripture. Scripture will make sense, isn't it? But here's a thought I want. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have played any sport before? Every sport has rules. I don't know if Mantran is sport. But every sport has what? Rules. And every sport has a competition attached to it. And because of the competitive nature of every sport, there are a judgment to how the sport should be played. There are rules. If you do a certain thing, the referee will blow a whistle. No, 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 no. You are at fault. Again. And there are basic principles of playing that sport. When you play soccer, that is why you can be given an identity of income. They say you are a cow. You know why they say you are a cow? Because when you kick or when you play, you violate the basic principles of soccer playing. In soccer, a simple, simple rule. Trap the ball, pass the ball. If the ball is high, you have two options. Just trap the ball or head the ball. I would like it. Now, when you come, you figure that when there are soccer poles and there's a goalkeeper, and somebody in the opposition was adjudged to be at fault. You guys are given a penalty. You figure that I can kick this ball the rugby way. When you play rugby, kicking it between the poles, high above the horizontal one, that's the way to do it. In soccer, when you see the horizontal part of the pole and you kick the ball above it, you are a cow. Are, are you following? So, what is the simple thought that I want to, to share with you this morning? Is that when you change the basics, 
you affect the outcome. When you change the basics, you change the outcome. Stick to the basics, you will get the right outcome. And so, I, I, I want to contextualize it within the church, the operations of a church. But I also want you to be aware it applies for you as well. Amen. But for today, I just want to speak about in the context of us as the church of Jesus, the body of Christ and local churches. Amen. So we're reading in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. It says there, we're going to just look at three portions of scripture. It says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. His intent, God's intent is that through the church, his manifold wisdom will be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. So God's intent is that through the, the church. We won't labor the issue of the church. By now, we know the church is us, the collective body of Christ. Again. So now God's intent is that through the church, so we, we can already conclude that not just through one person, but through the, the church. But he says, I want the church to manifest my wisdom to the rulers. Where? In the heavenly places. So God's intention is that the church will have a stake of ambassadorship in the realms of the spirit. In other words, God does not want the church that is spiritually ignorant. He wants the church that can operate in the realms. Samoya, are you there? So Hannah Satibin Totasimoya, we are operating below par of what God intends through us. I would like it. So, when you go to a sangoma, a prophet, or whatever, where you run because of your ignorance of what should be happening through you in the heavenly realms, you are playing below the expected intention of God for you. You have to know what is happening there because he wants to manifest himself through you in the spiritual realms. Are you there? Now, the Satanists and the Spiritists, they know more about the spirit world than the children of God. But God's intention is that in that spirit, there must be a marveling. But they have to be like, you, have you seen that? And another one asks, who did that? And he says, that was a manifestation of the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God through his children. Why? Because what we do as children of God, should, according to God's intention, affect what happens in the spiritual realm. Are you still there? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So you and I... Paul speaks in the context of the apostleship, but this is a principle that applies to all children of God. We are ambassadors of God. God appealing through us. Question. Where are we ambassadors of God? We are ambassadors of God here on earth, even so in the spiritual realm. So we are supposed to manifest God in the heavenlies and here. And so the Bible says God appeals through us. 
But a strange thing is there are people when you look at them, you don't see God's appeal. It's like it's the devil speaking through them. Everything they do seems to suggest that indeed the devil is alive. But these are children of God. That God wants to appeal to human race, to the lost, through us, be reconciled to God. They have to see something of the supernatural in us. They have to see a steadfastness in the midst of trials and tribulations that we can do through, through Christ what is not possible to them. But as it were, we seem to be ambassadors of something else. I don't know what it is. But all I can tell you is that God's intention is to make an appeal through you and me. To those who are wondering, is there God? They don't know, have to look at the mountains and the seas anymore. They have to look to us. For we have found the fullness in Christ. Are you still there? And in Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to verse 43 it says so those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls and now listen and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul all came upon what and many wonders were being done through them the bible says and so many people wanted to join them, but they couldn't dare. They were so different when you wanted to join the church. You had to resolve, do I get assimilated and become like them or not? If you were not sure, you were like, hey, is it for, hey, Linda, can I, what, what, life, what, what, can I cosmos it, ing, 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 marabata when you were to join the church, there was just a reality. Everyone who got born again was captured by something of a divine identity. So, the basics according to God remains. God still wants to manifest himself through us. But Rona, we keep changing those basics. And unfortunately, the church we are just becoming another manifestation of a different spirit here on earth. And I want us to remember, when you go home today, I want you to remember that when you dishonor Jesus, you deny who you are. And eventually, we stand before him. No one who seemed wise here on earth will prove to be wise before Jesus. So there are a few things that I just want to highlight. There are things we pray about that will not change in the last days. We have to nevertheless be vigilant on how we do things so that we do not contribute to the victims of deception and corruption. Jesus says, the things that we are praying about, they will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. So you and I are busy praying against this, praying against this, praying. No, 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 no. The Bible says, in the last days, you see, you and I cannot change that. We can only change how. So for instance, the devil, the Bible says he's angry. He has released upon us the spirit of antichrist, of deception, with all kinds of signs, signs and wonders that are just a mimic of what the Holy Spirit is doing. 
And he has done these things. The Bible says, of the increase of knowledge shall come no end. People will not stop. But in their knowledge, they'll be more deceived. Because now they will gather to themselves preachers who will preach to them what their itching ears want to hear. They will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They, 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 they will not respect parents. The Bible says they will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. They will be deceived. They will be deceived. They will deceive others. So those things you and I cannot in the grand scheme of things do anything about. The road that leads to destruction is still wide. And even today, many are they that find it. What you and I can do is that we find the narrow path and we stay on it. And that we can invite as many as we can to the narrow path. But we will never close the wide one. We will never remove the wolves and the goats from the father's fold. But we can try and awaken the sheep to the voice of the chief shepherd. persecution. He is still. And that's what we are called to do. So, I want to run a few parallels of how the early church, with all its problems, the early church also had problems, you know that. And some of the problems we have, they had them. They had gossips, they had sexually immoral, they dealt with false prophets and false apostles. They, these things, personality cults were there. I belong to Apollos. And that, Apollos had cheese. No. I belong to Paul. I belong to Christ. I, you see, I'm not a Christian. I'm a disciple. Those debates have always been there. But with all of those fiascos amongst them, they kept the basics and they made a great impact. So our imperfection in the flesh is not an excuse to move the boundaries of the basics. When God has said, this is the line, don't cross it. Don't cross it. Don't try to see if I cross it, what will happen? When we stay this side of the basics, we will produce the results that God expects of us. But if we don't, we will be like this. Those soccer teams or teams that say, we played well, but today was just not our day. Listen, for you, today, tomorrow, for as long as you are alive, it's your day. You are a child of God. It's your day. But if you are given a penalty and you choose to be, today I'm going to invent a new way. You've never even practiced it. Look, after you miss that penalty, fact is, the team is going to lose that trophy. Fact is, everybody's going to hate you. Fact is, other people are going to lose their money because they had bet that the team is going to win and you made the team lose. And fact is, we will stand before Jesus as a church that could have been but failed. As the church that had everything in its favor but did everything wrong. Fact is, 
we will be the one generation of the church that failed to give the next generation a legacy of the love and commitment to Jesus. A generation that said to the next generation, we are not of those who shrink back, but we go forward. They just shall live by faith. We will be the only generation where our children were given a democratic right that violates their conviction about God. And we just said quietly, I, 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 for me, we will be like Hezekiah as long as it doesn't happen during my life. You are told that so many things are happening that are going to be a spiritual challenge and a demise to your children. When you are saying, ah, as long as it's not happening, me, ah, I'm spiritually aware. What about the rest of the nation? What about the rest of the generations? Are you still there, saints? So, the early church has had the same resources as we do. They had the Holy Spirit, they had the word of God, they had one another. They had the Trinity of God. And they kept the basics intact. On the contrary, we have the same resources, but they have changed the basics. So let me just go quickly through a few things. I'm just running a parallel for you to think about. Remember, I'm just sharing a thought. When you change the basics, you affect the outcome. So a few things. Number one. The early church, they debated the doctrine despite the revelation of one man. We accept, on the other hand, the revelation of one man as a doctrine. Peter, in Acts chapter 15 from verse 7 and 29, Peter said, when I was in a trance, God said to me through a picture that the Gentiles are accepted. They debated these things. Nobody just came and said, when I was driving here. No. When you said something, they took you to task based on scripture. And today, we are the only group. And whatever your criticism may be for all the other expressions of the church, all the other expressions of the church have synods. They sit and agree and debate on what is their statement of faith. We, we just get one man who just comes and says, I have a prophetic unction. So, we also have a right, according to the Bible, to test the spirit. And not only that, test your prophecy. And your prophecy is not thus the Lord as a doctrine. But unfortunately, we. Anyway, the early church ver verified the authenticity of the claims of those who both led and preached to them. We accept what is written on a business card. What is said and on radio and shown on television. The Bible says the Bereans were noble. When Paul preached, they checked. When God speaks to the Ephesians church in, in chapter 2 of Revelation, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, he says, and you tested those who claimed to be apostles and you checked, you found that you proved them false. When this is apostle, so ha apostle, apostle what? Have you tested it? These people were commended for testing it. You just accept when somebody says, This is Apostle Tabiso, I'm speaking from Cosmo City. What what 
Apostle for who? Because the Bible, Paul says, to some I am an apostle. To some I am not. These are just basics. They practice the priesthood of all believers. We practice the pyramid of one man's gift. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, he says, brethren, how is it when you come together? One has a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of... He, he, he says that to everyone, a gift is given for the manifestation of the Spirit, for the benefit of it all. Ah, Rona, you just want me to stand here and be your super guy. The pyramid of one man. That is why the Bible never uses senior anything. And we love it. This is my senior what? Senior. In the Bible, they never juniorize nor seniorize anything. Okay, let me just leave that basic. We will toil it one day. They prayed for their leaders and held them accountable. We, on the other hand, we praise our leaders and encourage their waywardness. Remember in Acts chapter 12 when Peter was arrested, the Bible says a continual prayer was offered by the church. Remember that? In Galatians chapter 2, when the, the guys who came to, to, to Antioch with Paul, Paul was there, Peter was there, Barnabas was there. The Bible says when Peter saw these guys, he started becoming a hypocrite. He was eating with Gentiles. But when he see this entourage that came from James, Peter Sainzabatu. Can you imagine? This guy we are busy talking. The next thing he sees those guys. I don't see them. He sees them. He says, I know I'll see you just now. Hey, so and so. The Bible says, although Peter was an apostle who was in the circle of the three of Jesus, Paul didn't see that. He says, I called him to order. I didn't just pray for him. When he was out of order, I told him. We, on the other hand, we defend the undefendable. Touch not the anointed. You may have a point, but the point you are missing is that we are all the anointed of God. That is why Jesus, when he came, he said it in a different way to Paul. Touch not the anointed. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And you see, it was not just the apostles that were being persecuted. It was the church. Touch not the anointed, specifically this time, applies to the church. Even its leaders. I'm not negating that. All I'm telling you is that leaders are called to a, point, to a place and a position of responsibility. And therefore, we cannot serve as a church to be their defendants. We, 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 we advocate that no, they are fine. They are not fine. When a leader is wrong, he's wrong. And therefore, a biblical basic that orders that wrong must be applied. Are you still there? So we're not asking you to excuse us. Are you there? Sure. They gathered for the equipping and training for the work of the ministry. You see, when they were gathered like this, they wanted to be equipped according to Ephesians. We gather for blessing, entertainment, and show off. When we gather like this, ah, what is the pastor going to bless me with? And then you come and testify out of the pride of life instead out of the goodness of God. Are you still there? Their leaders were more concerned about them conforming to the likeness of Christ. Paul says, I mean labor that Christ may be fully formed. 
our leaders are more concerned about how much we give. Whether we become like Jesus or not, they don't care as long as we give more. They sought to make love their communal identity. We seek materials to differentiate us from the world. When they were coming together, Jesus says in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you is that you love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. We say, I want the world to know. We must also drive Range Rovers. We must, so the world may know that we are children of God. You missed the point. By this loving one another shall they know. Our identity is not materialism, it's love. They were generous. We are investors. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 8, the grace that was upon the Macedonian church, they gave out of their poverty. We give so that we get. That's why we never give to those who need. We give to those that will give us favor. You never give to the poor in the church, but you want to give me a Range Rover. So that as I go around, I say, there was a disciple. Whether you want a different disciple who blessed me with, you know what? I have feet. There's public transport. It may not be the best. But what I'm saying is, you cannot love me and other leaders at the expense of the whole body and the souls that are getting lost. People who are not saved must know, as God appeals to them through us, that God loves them. Are you there, saints? We don't have to spite people. We have to love people. They valued communal time of prayer. That's why it says in Acts chapter 3 verse 1, at the hour of prayer, we value personal isolation, our own space. You know, at church, at church, I feel claustrophobic. Oh, you even use English. We cramp your style. But the Bible says, let us not give up meeting as you are in the habit of doing. They valued the depth of the knowledge of God. They wanted to know God. We value spectatorship of signs and wonders. We come to church to like, you, you. When they came, they devoted themselves. They wanted to know him and the power of Israel. We want to know how many demons, what they said. And spectators of signs and wonders. Signs and wonders followed them as they preached the word of God. Mark 16, 20. And God did signs and wonders to confirm. We follow signs and wonders as we listen to any charismatic oration. Today, I'm going to bless you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I'm going to blow you out of... They, signs followed. When are you follow them? You make yourself a very easy target for deception for the Antichrist. They loved in hate situations. Stephen, you remember? Father, as they were stoning him, do not count this sin against. We are spiteful even when given an opportunity to love. When somebody comes and says, I'm sorry. No, 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 I fell like I. What an opportunity to show people love when they have done you wrong. They witnessed about Jesus. Paul says it. Peter says it. They preach Christ crucified everywhere. We witness about our pastors and churches. 
They were led by the Spirit. We are majorly led by every wind of doctrine and new discoveries. There's this church. Did you hear? They didn't just go anyway. As the Spirit led, they went. They sought God with sick men. The God of my mouth. You seek men, you travel to find men when Jesus never leaves you nor forsake you. You claim that Jesus is everywhere. You claim he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, you speak so knowledgeably about the attributes of God. God is omnipresent. Oh, really? So how come you live here and go looking for him somewhere? It's because you're not looking for him, you're looking for a man. If you looked for God, you'd know. If I hit on my knees and I wholeheartedly cry, it, will sh it shall come to pass. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You will know that. Are you still there, Saint? Let me just jump the rest. We'll see them another day. So since the basics are different for both us and the early church, we can expect the results to be different, isn't it? For them, for instance, the word devoted could be used to describe them when it comes to godly ventures. If they devoted themselves. That word is always used. Give yourself holy. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself. Exercise yourself to godliness. Uh, for us, the word critical is more appropriate to define us and describe us. But now who did they devoted themselves? For us, in that church, they preach too long. They pray too long. They fellowship too long. I don't like churches that go on for... And I understand that there's a lot of flesh that goes into what people do. But I assure you that even if it was God, you'll still complain. Because you are more critical than devoted. Devotion means, I will hold on to you. I will not let go until you bless me. Critical spirit says, how long do you want me to hold? Bless me now. Are you still there, sir? So what, you, what was their result? The early church, despite its own problems, they became a powerful church, a powerful, a prayerful church, a soul-winning church, a Holy Spirit-led and Holy Spirit-gifted church. They planted many churches, even by ordinary members. As they went, those who were scattered, they preached the gospel. They became a maturing church. We, on the other hand, because we move the basics, we produce confused disciples, ungrounded Christians, fickle. Today they are here, tomorrow they are here. We produce church hoppers. We produce miracle seekers, miracle followers, prophecy hungers. Maybe some of them just, you know, inventing my own English right there. We, re we produce people who have a religious form but are powerless. That's why they always hunger for power and the devil will give you. That's why even pastors no longer believe in the power of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power. And then he says, this gospel is not just eloquence, it's power. But today, because there's no basics yearning for him, we run to a sangoma to empower us. Can you, how shameful is that? We split churches more than we plant them. 
They planted them. They never split it. Planting churches for us today is for founders and pioneers. For them, it was for everyone. That is why you don't hear Paul say, as a founder of this church, and a senior overseer and guardian and president and what? If you don't agree with me, you see that door through which you came. As I reckon and see with my eyes, I'm eyeing with my little eye. That door is still open. You can go. No. Because church planting was by Philip, was by Paul, was by the scattered. It was by everyone. It wasn't, I'm a pioneer. No, I'm a disciple, an ambassador, a representative. I'm a man and a woman who is on a mission. I'm commissioned by Jesus to preach. Are you there? So, let's lend it this way. As God intended for the church to become his ambassadors and a, a display of his wisdom, the early church became the church that was in God's heart, despite its own problems. But for us, we are working ourselves to be judged by history as the church that could have been. The church that missed the penalty. It was there for the scoring. But we decided, let me be innovative this time. Let me try what has never been tried. And one day, we're going to stand before Jesus. And I imagine, I thank him, because it doesn't seem that might be the case. But I imagine him asking, I send you my spirit to lead you into all truth, to empower you, to do all. I gave you my word. In my word, there was your healing. There was prophecy. There was all. My divine power had given you everything you need for life and godliness. You moved there basics you change them and you miss the penalty shall we step